Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. Did you ever think about the fact that hope is a choice? So today I get to sit down with Jay and Joe, all right? Janaea and Jalissa Trudell, who have been friends of mine for, I think, going on five years now. Their family is amazing. I've met them almost every trip I've taken to Canada over the last few years. And many of you would know Janaea as the co-host of season one of the Love Good podcast. But today we talk about their new album, Victory, which is, by the way, being sent off to all of our patrons. Well, many of our patrons, an autographed copy is being sent off to them this week. But what I love, so very much love about this conversation is that Janae and Jalissa remind me, remind all of us of how desperately we need hope, that yes, hope is a gift, but it's also something we have to choose, that we have to constantly, as Jalissa said, choose the next creative good. And frankly, we're living in a world that doesn't feel very creative, that doesn't feel very hopeful, that feels a little bit chaotic. Actually, no, a whole lot chaotic. And it's easy to despair. And even in one of the other lines from this album, Janaea sings, despair, I will not feast on thee inspired by Gerard Manley Hopkins. This is an incredible conversation. As always, a joy to have Janaea back on the podcast. And for the first time, to welcome Jalissa to the podcast and to also be celebrating this incredible new project that they have been working tirelessly on, again, called Victory. It's nine tracks. It's currently all over Spotify, everywhere digital music is streamed. But again, many of our higher level patrons are getting a signed copy in the mail later this week, which is also your reminder that this is a big week to become a Love Good patron. If you've never heard of patronage, if you've been on the fence for a while, come on, let's go. Today's the day because you can actually get your first month free, which includes your welcome package for free, which means, you know what, you could cancel 29 days from now and we'd be a little bit upset, but you could get all kinds of free stuff with no commitment. We so believe in what we're doing, what we send to our patrons that we know you're going to love it and you're going to stay on forever. So go to joinlovegood.com this week and this week only to get your first month free, all kinds of premium content for free, as well as your welcome package, which includes the brand new album from Jay and Joe autographed. But for now, kick back and enjoy this little excerpt of a song from the brand new album called Victory. This song is called Youth.
All right, Jenea and Jalissa Trudell, welcome to the Love Good Podcast. How are y'all doing stretched across provinces up there in Canada? Jenea, how are you? Yeah, doing great. I'm in the mountains or right near them, so it's quite a change from the prairies, but it's so beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. It's amazing. I mean, for you, it's a it's a massive welcome back, whereas for Jalissa, it's a welcome for the first time to the Love Good Podcast. Jalissa, where are you these days? Yeah, thanks. COVID kind of kicked me back home to the farm. So I'm just hanging out here in Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I think COVID has kicked a lot of us around and it's just like all of us have probably felt displaced by this virus and sort of very much leveled out in a probably a good way. It's taught us a lot about detachment. And that's something that I've heard you guys talk about a lot through the years, this this holding on loosely, right, to the things of life. And, and yet there's a lot of listeners who probably would just love to hear a bit of y'all's story. You know, obviously you grew up in a family band. Y'all are as as beautifully Canadian as as beautiful Canadians come. I mean, I think it was probably four or five years ago that we met at maybe maybe a conference, I think, up in Saskatoon. And I just couldn't believe how happy and kind and polite and <laughs> joyful everybody was, even up there in the frozen tundra, you know? So, so perhaps, uh, obviously, our listeners know Jenea from season one. They know Jay and Joe from your epic debut release not too long ago. So maybe, Jalissa, we could start with you. Just tell us a little bit of the story of the family band and then what led to you guys now being in a, a duo as sisters. Yeah, sure. So we come from, we're the two eldest of a family of six. So mom and dad kind of always had music in their family and that kind of crossed over into our own immediate family. So mom and dad kind of as a young couple were playing in bar bands and then kind of made the switch to when we were kids to playing old time kind of cowboy music and then gospel music and then started out in nursing homes and kind of just like grew and I think we've been playing together as a family band for something like 13 years and obviously this summer we don't really have any gigs. Yeah and that kind of just bled into and formed me and Jenea's love of music obviously just rooted in just the good stuff, good old time, bluegrass, and then folk music, and just kind of ignited our love for it. And we saw at an early age just the power that music has to unite people and change things. I think we just both wanted to be a part of that. And I don't know how long ago it was. It must have been six years ago. I was like Halloween night. And Jenea was home from school and we were both sitting in the living room and she was like, hey guys, I got a song I wrote, which was like a big deal to just kind of show that to the rest of the family. And I was like, me too. (laughs) And that's kind of was the birth of Jay and Joe. That's so cool. And we've just been playing as much as we could. Yeah. Ever since. It's amazing. It's a rare and beautiful thing to have been raised in a family band, obviously. And then now to in some ways, still have the family band. I know that this summer has probably shut down a lot of those festivals and hoot nannies that you guys are normally a part of. But to see you guys in this creative flourishing as Jay and Joe, I mean, in some ways, it's against the odds that you're putting out an album right now, just because there's so much uncertainty in the world. There's so much, even just chaos 
Jenea, do you mind telling us a little bit about the creative process around victory? Because I know it's a long process between writing those songs and finding studio time and a great producer and then all of the mixing and the post-production. You know, a lot of our listeners, as you know, they're lovers of music, but they're not always musicians. They're not always aware of that process by which songs become recordings, become albums. And if I'm not mistaken, this is nine tracks. Is that right, Jenea? Ah, yes. That's amazing. And so tell us a little bit about how they were written, recorded, and now ready to be released into the world. Yeah, it's been, I mean, our last album was our first, so we had no idea what to expect. And it was very intense, like just our first time working with even each other in that way, other musicians, and our first time like having people that weren't directly at our shows hearing our songs like strangers that didn't get to meet us. And it was like super vulnerable to put that out into the world. For this one, I think even more so, even though we're used to the process, and uh, we had no idea when we, like, so we were crowdfunded last year. We recorded, like, days after that ended, hoping, like, we had booked recording time days after the the month that we had to raise the funds ended, just hoping that <laughs> it would work out. And it was beautiful, like, just all of these people, you know, friends at the heart of Saskatchewan kind of coming together and just making these songs so much more than we imagined them to be when we wrote them. And then on top of that, you know, we recorded all of our parts, like all the vocals. I do all the the acoustic guitar work. We arrange all of them there. And then for months, it's like kind of this hanging silence where these musicians that we've like selected are sending in their renditions and their additions to the songs. And we're kind of like signing off on them and giving feedback and like communicating with them. And then COVID hit and everything just stopped. We canceled all of our shows. We had a big tour booked for this month. Yeah, it it just, it was such a, it was like a heavy and beautiful time. (laughs) Even musicians, like there's, we're all going through stuff. And it was like kind of a gift to be able to just communicate with them about like their tracks that they were putting on the album, like just simple correspondences about just the melodies and and this or that. And it was just, it was giving all of us life to uh, work on something together while it felt like, well, I mean, both Joe and I moved back to the farm for a few months, everything shut down our jobs and school. So, um, the most, I don't expect to have this sort of experience recording ever again, but it just put, it put the album was already like really, like much more vulnerable and personal to us. I think just as you grow up, you learn hopefully to be more transparent and you learn, you know, you're just like more self-aware and grow in your capacity to connect with others as you get older. And I mean, three or four years isn't a lot, but it is in your 20s (laughs) and you learn a ton and you grow a lot. So this album was already really like meant a ton to us. But then just the atmosphere that the world kind of like suffering all at once brought to it was is something that I like really cherish. And I know that we'll listen back in years and just like appreciate and hope that we let it kind of do its work in us and then have the necessary effect like on the album that it did because we finished it in the middle of the pandemic and we're releasing it still as it's kind of like writhing around. So, yeah. It's such a crazy time. I mean, everybody is, I think, reaching out for help 
and processing these times, right? And I think if this album in some ways is a timestamp for y'all, it'll become a soundtrack for the rest of us, uh, a soundtrack through the suffering, through the, you know, the, the hope that we are all clinging to during such uncertain times. In fact, it sounds like several of these songs have almost become, as you put them, COVID survival anthems, right? So I'd love to hear a little bit about either Inscape or Safe in the, Safe in the Waves. And Janae, if, if I'm not mistaken, though I'm sure many people have never heard some of these songs live, I think I've at least heard Safe in the Waves I kind of remember hearing youth and I want to say it was when we were in England about a year and a half ago doing some different tours around schools and and churches all over the Midlands. Are those songs that old? Am I remembering them correctly? Yes. So, well, yeah, Safe in the Waves is, I think, the oldest song on the album. Correct me, Joe, if I'm wrong. And I totally, that was probably the only one that I played and like existed two years before the album was recorded which is pretty young for a song even all the rest of them are like we wrote them close to you know recording time and we weren't touring before that so they're like really new but safe in the waves totally played that in england i remember that very well that's so cool i think you're right i think i did write youth four years ago i was just running the math (laughs) so here's what i would love maybe you could each pick a song maybe that you were particularly responsible for writing or just have a real heart for even now i'm not asking you to pick your favorite i know that's impossible right you got nine tracks here but if you had to each just uncover you know a little bit of the background the backstory of a song, maybe it's Safe in the Waves, maybe it's Youth, maybe it's Inscape. But actually, Jalissa, why don't we start with you? What's the song on your album that you would most enjoy sharing a little bit about right now? False Bottomed World, for me, even like a year in advance of us recording the album and we are just kind of talking about, oh, maybe we should go back into the studio and try that again. That was a song that in my mind would be kind of my thesis of what I was hoping we would say. So... I guess I'm a pretty naturally melancholic person. I think I've grown a lot even since I've written that song and hopefully changed for the better. But I've always had a I've always had the defense mechanism of just kind of shrinking into myself. Yeah, just like reclusing myself. The first verse kind of talks about that. My lips are my tombstone, like my lack of voice for myself and vulnerability is what's keeping me inside of myself and it's making me forget who I am because I'm not sharing and like what is a human person outside of relationship like is it really a human and so can we pause can we pause on that point for a second Jalissa because that is so profound first of all when I heard that line my lips are my tombstone I was like my, my jaw dropped. I was like, holy smokes. That is one of the most poetic, deep, oh, brilliant lines I've ever heard. So Well, it good. came from a very sad place. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> I think I started writing that song. I always have really profound experiences whenever I kill a plant. I have like a collection of like little garden, like little pots that I carry with me every time I move to like try and bring some like constant form of life with me. Um, and I think that time I, I was trying to grow an avocado pit for like (laughs) months. And then just one day I was having a bad day and was like, that's it. And I like 
was like, it's dead. I'm dead. Everything's dead. And I ripped the pit out of the dirt. And as I did, I felt a snap and I dug it out. And there was like a four foot long root coming out of the pit. And I was like, oh my gosh, all this time I thought that there's no hope. And I just couldn't freaking see it. And I didn't have the patience. Mm. And I think that's, I think that was a great inspiration. And it still is. <laughs> so cool. So cool. It's a genius inspiration, Jalissa. And I think this is always where I stand in awe of artists, creatives, especially songwriters. There's a, there's a way of putting into language these universal experiences. The rest of us are having, but not able to articulate. And even as you were describing this song, you talk about forgetting who you are because of this, in a sense, not sharing who you are, right? Who, who is, what is it to be human without, with that relationship with others. And obviously in these times of quarantine and continued crisis for so much of the world, people do feel so very isolated and music, as you put it, unites people. It makes them not feel quite so alone in the world. Yeah. Thanks. So throughout the song, there's two voices. So I'm, I'm kind of singing the more hopeless one. And then there's a tension between the second voice, which is Jenea. And she kind of makes the like internal choice represents it to hope. I think lots of times I, at least sometimes I just wait for things to get better and like, Oh, well this sucks. But, and I think like just a sign of maturity is realizing and understanding and choosing to hope because life, like, I mean, right now is a testament kind of sucks sometimes (laughs) but in my life I just try and choose like I have to I have to choose the next creative good because there is no other choice the alternate the alternative is death so (laughs) does that make sense (laughs) it does very much so and I've never really thought about hope being a choice you know there's a sense obviously in which hope is a gift but even a gift it, it it we have to receive it we have to receive it you know to think that at any given moment before us is life or death before us is the opportunity to choose the next creative good that's just so powerful and i think a lot of people especially the melancholics of the world clearly i'm not one of them but i, I try to be i try to be i try to cultivate that part of my soul the melancholics of the world need hope and actually, it's true for all of us, right? There's such an opportunity and a danger towards despair, especially in these times. Really beautiful. Anything else you want to say about False Bottom World, or should we move towards Janae and a new song? No, I don't think so. Other than uh, maybe the melancholics of the world are the greatest defenders of hope because they're the ones that have to choose it. And they're the ones that, yeah, they're the, maybe they're the greatest champions of it. That's just my defense against melancholics. (laughs) Well said. Well said. Beautifully said. Thank you for that. Jenea, is there a song on the album you'd like to just tell us a little bit more about? Yeah. I mean, Inscape, I don't know if I want to say a ton on it. This is like the first song of the album. The album, we took a risk because usually we, I feel like, I mean, in my mind, I like, I want to put an album together, like a set list and it like start out with the bang and grab everybody's attention and, and keep them go. Like I write it like a stage set list so that people are like, just feel not bored. (laughs) Um, but we took a risk and the album just starts with like this whisper of a song called Inscape. 
and I wrote it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. I wrote it actually in England last, that was last year. That is crazy. Only last year. And it was right after I returned from Rome. It was also right after Notre Dame burned. And I remember sitting there in like this echoey, well, you know it, this like youth kind of ministry building. And I was desperately trying to finish a semester I was studying at the time. And I was in the middle of finals. It was right after Easter. And I studied there for like 12 to 14 hours a day for that entire week trying to catch up. And it was like this beautiful echoey room. And I remember just like being really kind of moved by being in Rome and like, I mean, it's not everything, but just like a beautiful piece of history and art and like a, this icon of, of hope for me and beauty, like going up in flames. And I had friends, like a friend living in Paris who was, you know, sending me videos of them all, you know, just thousands of young people singing, you know, and just like gathering it just, well, it's, it was like now it seemed like a big deal at the time, but now it's like a microcosm of what the world is going through right now where suffering just like brings us all to our knees all at the same time, whether you like it or not. And then you like are left with a choice, like what Joe was saying of what to do with it. So Inscape, I just remember trying to write finals. I couldn't really get this melody out of my head. And I just sang, I sang almost the entire song through and I like frantically wrote down the lyrics. That's never happened to me before. I usually have to fight pretty hard for my songs but I just, yeah, sang it acapella and like recorded it on my phone and it stayed pretty much as is. Joe added a little line in there and helped me. Um, when I showed her the song, played it. When I came home, there's the end of the song is like this refrain. The song was like, it felt m- more than any of them. Like it birthed itself like beyond my control. <laughs> the, it's Well, InScape is based off of this concept Gerard Manley Hopkins, who is this poet that I dearly love, he talked about it and it's just like, I'm going to butcher it, but, and I don't really know why I chose this for the name of the song. Cause I don't say it at all in the song, but it's like he, he recognized in creation, everything that was created had like a, it's a selfness, like a, a it's like, it's, it's itness. <laughs> he just recognized the individuality of, of every thing in the world and how it like affected his own life and his self. Anyway, I just, I don't know why I chose that for the song, but the song is just like this desperate cry for like a better world in the midst of like flames, you know? And it has become like, as I've been listening to even the mixes of especially that song, as the album has been made, like I didn't think much of the song. I was nervous to record it because I wrote it so, I wrote it like the week that we went into, like the week before we went into the studio. And I was kind of nervous about just throwing it on the album without any feedback. But it's become like, it brings me to tears when I, (laughs) like when I listened to it for the past year, just listening to the mixes. So I hope that it like is some sort of comfort. One of the lines that I'll point out is at at the end, I say there's a line that says like, Oh, despair, I will not feast on thee. And it's, it's like a line that's loose. It's based off of Gerard Manley Hopkins poem, carrion comfort, which is, it starts like not, I'll not carrion comfort, despair, not feast on thee. He's just saw, it's like this really strong, like jagged poem about just like 
reaching beyond the death and the gore and the suffering of that's just like inevitable in your life internally internally or externally and he's just like despair I will not feast on thee and that just became that's like what I wanted the first foot of the album to be anyway there I go I explained the whole song (laughs) didn't want to talk about it but that's it's I mean that maybe I will just like end with that the other song that's really special to me is the last song on the album Grand Canyon which is just I wrote it actually in Missouri. I was visiting Nashville and I took a trip actually with Love Good. And I was like the little musician for this tour and for like a weekend. And we went to St. What cathedral is it? <laughs> Can't I? It's in St. Louis. Oh, the, uh, the new Basilica, the one that's gorgeous. The big one. Yes. It's beautiful. We went there and I remember just walking in and like, being so I've like I couldn't even take in the beauty of it I've been to Rome a couple of times I've like seen some things and I walked into this and I knew I was like this is as beautiful as anything I saw in Rome and it was extra special because we were like the only people in there but I I just like couldn't I sat there and I was so frustrated because I felt like I and it's like a very familiar experience with me but I just felt so um like I just couldn't be reached by the beauty and the glory that was around me like I just couldn't, I felt like defective because I just felt so like unreachable by it and by God, like ultimately totally a familiar like feeling for me. And I just kind of like wallowed in it (laughs) and just sat there like looking at everything without feeling a part of it. Anyway, the Grand Canyon, that song is about, it's based off of that experience, which just goes way deeper for me. It's just a song like, it's it, like Joe, Joe said all of this, just like choosing hope in those moments of like emptiness or despair or whatever loneliness. And there's like a refrain at the end of that song that I didn't like, I didn't say until I showed the song to Joe and I just started singing it over and over. And the line is, I will be filled in. I will be filled in because the song is like the imagery I use is the, the Grand Canyon. So anyway, that one's really special to me. I'm like really nervous to put it out into the world, but I'm excited at the same time. I hope people like hear themselves in it. But yeah, I guess that is like a pretty big theme of the album. Just that movement from like the the bottom of the barrel to into the light in some sort of way, you know, but yeah. I love it. Despair, I will not feast on the suffering, right? It brings us all to our knees, as you said, and and yet hope will fill us in if we if we let it. I mean, there's just so many deep universal human needs and human expressions and human realities in this album. And frankly, I've only listened to it all the way through once, which of course feels like a privilege because at the time of recording this podcast, it's not out yet. But by the time it releases, it will be all over Spotify and everywhere digital music is streamed. It sounds like even the title of the album is clearly intentional, right? You're letting hope have the final word when you decide to not only have a song called Victory, but to call the entire album Victory. It says a lot. And I think right now, many people People are not tasting the sweetness of victory or even just the 
the hopefulness, right, of, of life right now. There's just a lot of darkness, a lot of confusion, and you guys are gonna be piercing people through your own suffering and your own choosing of hope. You'll be piercing them with beauty. Again, this is just one of the things that artists and seemingly only artists can do. And I stand in awe with great joy and gratitude in my heart. But before we close out, obviously you've got some incredible people out there who have supported you in this creative process. Now, obviously Love Good is built on patronage, but this album was specifically built on patronage as well. What's your word to people out there who, you know, maybe aren't artists or creatives? In some cases they might be, but at the very least they want to leverage some part of their finances, right? To to bring beauty into the world, to support artists like y'all. What's your word to all the world's patrons and all the, the future patrons of the world? Like if we've learned anything from this last album, like we knew that we couldn't do it without the people listening. Like it's, and it's not like, Oh, it wouldn't be as fun if you weren't listening. Like we literally could not, it would be so pointless and lonely, like without everybody receiving the gift of like what we're trying to give. But we knew that before, but this album, especially. So we really felt like a heavy hand, like we needed to create the album we had this vision, like this really clear vision of what we wanted it to be. And we booked the studio time and we, we like had this idea to do a crowdfunding thing, which we sheepishly fund, like launched because you're asking people to like directly fund like the entire thing without knowing what it is really. And we, so we set the, like the price and we had a month to raise it. I was in England at the time for that in whole month I was gone. And we, we raised it in, well, everyone raised it in eight days, <laughs> totally funded. We were t- so floored. And so it meant that we could just like go in with confidence and dream a little bit more, even in the time before the studio. So it's just, yeah, it's just not possible without like the world listening and, and like giving the, their gift as well. I like the amount of people that have hosted us and messaged us and donated and just like shared how the songs like just shared about their lives like that. It just, it breathes like gift begets gift and like it breathes life into what we're doing. And we hope that what we're doing, like gives some, like at the very least solidarity to the people listening. And it's just, it's this, like, it's this reciprocal constant thing. And without, without people receiving it and responding to it, it's just stagnant, but we've, we've received nothing but like overwhelming support from the people who've like happened upon our music. It's, it's just, it's overwhelming. So couldn't do it without them. And so thankful that things like love good exist to um, just like shine a light on that culture. Cause we need it for, for the arts for sure. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, so Jalissa, we're going to give you the final word here. And if you don't mind, Jalissa, as you conclude, let us know exactly how we can be in touch with you guys on social media, website, future bookings, as soon as live shows become a reality again. We'd love to hear about all that as well. Well, you can find us on the interweb. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Just search Jane Joe Music or Jane Joe. We're on Facebook. We have a website, which is www.jandjoemusic.com. And you can email us at jandjoechudel at gmail.com. Amazing. Amazing. Jalissa, anything else you want to say just to the fans and the patrons and to the listeners out there about the album or just, again, this 
this thread, this theme of hope that kind of penetrates all these songs? Any closing words? Yeah, sure. I guess to listeners out there, I guess just continuing on with what Jenea said, uh, I just have great belief in the audience. I think sometimes, uh, especially with like, when we talk about the purpose and the mission of the artist, sometimes I wonder if people who aren't musicians, who don't feel like they themselves are artists, feel left out. And of course, a great calling that I think many can have is to financially support musicians and artists. And, but for lots of people, including myself, like that's often not a possibility, but I think that artists and musicians, we ourselves are like a form of inspiration. Like as much as we are inspired, like our purpose and our, our vocation isn't just to serve as a model and like almost a caricature of what the overall human experience and what our interaction and relationship with creation should be, which is this recreation and regifting of what there is around us back to each other and to the earth and to God. Yeah, to all listeners out there, just live out your own artistry of your life because we need you too. And uh, that's what we're, that's what me as a musician and an artist is here for. So if you do that, I'll keep writing songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all hope you keep writing songs, Jalissa, you as well, Jenea. This has been a, an incredible privilege and joy getting to catch up about your brand new album, Victory, which is being sent off to at least eight different countries via Lovegood and will soon be in the hands of so many of our patrons. And obviously for those who haven't heard the 2017 debut from Jay and Joe, it's called Grounded and Light. It's available everywhere digital music is streamed. Jenea, Jalissa, such a joy. I look forward to doing this in person. Y'all are amazing. Until our next. Thanks so much for having us. And the smoke is curling when I'm down upon my knees. But I'm damned if I leave just because it's hard to breathe. So Let's build something better Our love can change the weather Let's build something better Let's build something better. Suffering brings all of us to our knees. Wow, I mean, that's so true. And I think all of us are feeling that. We have been feeling it ever since this pandemic broke back in February, March. When was that? I think it was March. I mean, obviously it was hitting the world as far back as December and January. It definitely started hitting America in March. And frankly, I don't know that the world is ever gonna quite be the same. I mean, even my pastor, he keeps telling us this, you know, this may not be the end of the world. All right, let's not be dramatic. 
but it does feel like the end of the world as we know it, the end of an era. And so it doesn't really matter what moment in human history we're living through, what era we find ourselves in, we must constantly reclaim hope. We must let hope fill in the void, fill in the chasm, fill in the canyon of our lives so that beauty can penetrate us. And again, I just think that is what's so powerfully is communicated in this brand new project from Jay and Joe called Victory. Go stream it everywhere music is found. And also, last call, go to joinlovegood.com and get it for free. Get it autographed for free alongside a beautiful deluxe album from Dave Barnes, also autographed. Some incredible art commissioned by Jenea Trudell. That's going to be an, an incredible accompaniment to this album is some beautiful artwork from Jenea, who's one part of Jay and Joe, as well as vinyl. Okay. Vinyl, the new record from Need to Breathe. And the last but not least is this beautiful newly published book called Princess and Curdy. It's written by George MacDonald. It's the sequel to the epic fantasy novel that we released to all of our patrons about a year ago. All of this is exclusively available at joinlovegood.com. In fact, if you want to know a little bit more about each of these projects, the music, the books, the art, everything that's going into this package, go listen to last week's episode with Marisol. We not only talk all about the tour, we reveal every last piece of this package to our patrons, which we're so proud of, we're so excited about. And again, you can get all of it for free. This is something we only do a couple of times a year. You can get the entire fall package absolutely free with your first month of premium content for free at joinlovegood.com. You have until Friday at midnight, so maybe 48 hours, 72 hours, depending on when you're listening to this, to make it happen again at joinlovegood.com. You guys are amazing. Next week, I'm sitting back down with my good friend, Dr. Ryan Hanning, one of our regular contributors to pick up where we left off with him, well, about six weeks ago, five weeks ago now. Such a joy as always, continuing to penetrate these mysteries of life, this incredible, crazy cultural moment that we're all living through together. Know of our prayers from Nashville, from Tampa, from all over the world. We've got patrons, man, in eight different countries who uh, are inspiring us daily with their witness, with their example, with their lifestyle. So especially to all of you patrons out there, we definitely cannot wait to uh, connect soon and hear what you think about this package as it's being shipped off to all of you later this week. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time around. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.